Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo with Stewardship and Mission of Faith. I'm joined today with uh, Tom DeAngelis, Tom Terrace, and Hannah Woodward, also from Stewardship. How are you guys doing? Good, hey, Rob. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. Good to be here together. And for those of you who have joined us before, welcome back to Reflections from the Heart. For those who have never been with us, uh, Reflections from the Heart is a gospel reflection. And what that means is we look at the gospel for the coming Sunday. And uh, this coming Sunday, we're going to hear from the gospel of Mark from chapter 7, verses 31 to 37, and we will read it, and we'll just share what the Holy Spirit places on our hearts, and, and as you're listening, be in tune to what the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, and uh, usually there's some type of a challenge there, uh, so we'll pray that, that we'll be open to that challenge. So before we uh, read the gospel and, and share, Tom, if you can invite the Holy Spirit in, that'd sure. be great. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and we shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who by the light of your Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of your faithful, grant that by that same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Tom. And uh, as we said in the beginning of the show, all four of us are from Stewardship and Mission of Faith, and the goal and mission that uh, we've been given is to spread the gospel message of, message of stewardship, that everything we have is a gift from God. And there's a beautiful prayer in our Stewardship Prayer Book that is available to anyone. So if, you, if you'd like a copy or multiple copies, just get in touch with us, call us, or send us an email. Uh, but there's a beautiful prayer in that, in that prayer book called A Stewardship Prayer. So Tom, if you could lead us in, in praying sure, that, that would be wonderful. Dear Lord, I pray that you give me the wisdom to guide me on this faith journey of stewardship. Help me understand that everything I have is a gift from you. Open my heart and my mind so that I may use these marvelous gifts to give back to you here on earth. I pray, Lord, that you welcome me into your kingdom at the end of my life and that you are pleased with what I have done with all your gifts. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. And again, if you are in a position to, to grab a Bible, please do so, or go on to the USCCB website. It's uh, always an easy one, and they have the, the readings for the day, and, and you can look in the calendar uh, for Sunday, September 6th, and it's Mark 7, 31 to 34. Mark 7, 30, excuse me, 31 to 37. All right, so Hannah, if you could proclaim that for us, that'd be wonderful. Sure thing. This reading comes from the Gospel of Mark. Again, Jesus left the district of Tyre and went by the way of Sidon, to the Sea of Galilee, into the district of Decapolis. And the people brought to him a deaf man who had a speech impediment and begged him to lay his hands on him. He took him off by himself away from the crowd. He put his finger into the man's ears and, spitting, touched his tongue. Then he looked up to the heaven and groaned and said to him, Ephetha, that is, be opened. And immediately the man's ears were opened, his speech impediment was removed, and he spoke plainly. 
He ordered them not to tell anyone, but the more he ordered them not to, the more they proclaimed it. They were exceedingly astonished, and they said, He has done all things well. He makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Hannah. And some of these words are, are tongue twisters, right? Yes, it's uh, good. Just an appreciation for, uh, for our electors that, that proclaim uh, and, our, and our priests and deacons that proclaim every week. So thank you. If you're out there, thank you for doing that at Mass. Um, and and as, as you're reading this, uh, I was drawn to exceedingly astonished. They were exceedingly astonished. Not, you know, not just astonished, but exceedingly astonished. And, and there's so many things in my life that I, I, get, I get numb to. You know, just the beauty around me and, and my kids and you know, all these gifts. And Tom, you beautifully prayed the stewardship prayer that everything we have is a gift. And we have all these gifts and, we, and a lot of times we receive the same gift over and over again every day. You know, whether it's the gift of our home, where we live, and the bed that we sleep on, and and uh, the food that we that we eat, if we have kids, the kids that that we're blessed with, our spouses, our friends, our work, and we have all these amazing gifts that are all from God. And when we receive them over and over again, you know that that astonishment goes away for me at least. And this past weekend, I had a chance to to go camping, and I'm not much of a camper. And, and for those of you who are hardcore campers, I was uh, I was in a cabin with air conditioning and a TV, but about 50 yards away, there were tents. So there were there were definitely tents. So it was it was a campsite, uh, but we got in uh, in a cabin, and there's a bunch of families there. And this one family had a little boy, seven years old, who it was his first time camping, first time fishing. He got his new fishing rod, and he was so ex- excited. He was exceedingly astonished at everything that he experienced. And he finally caught his first fish, and it was like a three-inch sunny, and he was so excited. It's a big one. Look at it. Do you guys see this? This is a big one. This is so big. Look at it. Isn't this great, guys? And he's going on and on, and he said, oh, let me teach you how to cast. You know how I did it. I cast it like this, and this is how I did it. And he was so excited. And I'm just sitting, wow, look at this. This kid is so blown away by everything he's experiencing, It everything he's experiencing, all coming from God. And how often do I miss those opportunities to be exceedingly astonished? And then you fall into entitlement that, wow, you know, I, I deserve this. You know, I deserve to go camping. I deserve to have you know, this home. I, de- I don't deserve anything. Right? So I pray, Holy Spirit, please fill my heart with wonder and awe, the gift of wonder and awe uh, in, of God's love and, and all his provision. And as you're speaking about the gifts that we've received from God and how many that we take for granted we don't even realize we get every day, yet there's always something that we want that we feel we don't have, some sort of, it could be like a weakness that we, we want gone. And just as this man, you know, uh, brought to Jesus his impediment of not being able to, you know, speak or hear, he had that weakness, you know, and so we can always receive all the gifts that God wants us wants to give us, but we also have a something. All of us have something, some sort of proclivity, some weakness, some recurring sin that we can't get rid of or whatever. And we we Jesus wants us to bring that to him, just as this man brought his weakness to Jesus, and Jesus immediately 
takes it away or opens it up or whatever, you know, like, and a lot of times I don't think it's, it's maybe not instantaneous what, whatever it is we're experiencing, but it can be instantaneously healed, but sometimes it takes some work, but we can always know that the Lord is there just as he was there for this, this man. And then sometimes we're going to be in the position of, of the person who was the recipient of the miracle. And sometimes we're going to be in the position of the people, the people brought to him a deaf man so how many times in our lives do we have an opportunity to bring people the love of jesus and um, you know are we and can we be jesus to others you know if people are bringing their loved ones to us because they trust us or you know you know so we're we're going to be in all kinds of situations whether you know we're in need of the miracle uh whether we're bringing someone who's in need or someone else is bringing people to us not that we're causing the miracle but you know if, if they trust us and our discernment or whatever. So thank you, Tom. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. That guy lets us be involved in, in his, in his miracles. Yeah. I think too, uh, Tom, you mentioned, um, you know, we get all these things, these gifts from God, and then, you know, our heart is still looking for, for more. And, you know, I'm just, I'm thinking last week was, uh, you know, Feast of St. Monica, Feast of St. Augustine. And uh, I just happened to have a copy of uh, Restless Hearts, which is a movie about St. Augustine's life. And I still remember that famous uh, line from his confessions that our hearts are restless until they rest in you, Lord. And so I'm thinking, you know, it is exceedingly astonishing that we have everything that we have, that God gives us, you know, everything he gives us. I mean, sometimes if you just reflect on it, the fact that that I even exist, you know, and you sit there and meditate, the fact that anything exists, that everything's held in existence is exceedingly astonishing. Like this could have been anything, you know, and, um, but two, you know, we're made for more, you know, we're, we're not to be satisfied with what we have, but we're to be appreciative with what we have, I think. But, but the other thing about St. Augustine is that he says our hearts are restless until they rest in you. So our, our goal should be not just an appreciation of those things, but also resting in, in, in the Lord, resting in, in God, and an understanding that our life is really, you know, in, in his hands in a very deep way. Because also to the point is the more we strive to get things that we think are going to make us happy, the more we're taking our life back from that, from his hands, you know, because we think there's something we can do about it. And I think the, you know, the bottom line on that whole thing is when we come to an appreciation of how everything that we have and everything that we are and everything that we do and everything around us and all the people and the things are all gifts, then we realize how ultimately powerless we are and how dependent we are. And that's what I think then keeps us exceedingly astonished, Rob. You know, so that's, that's the insight that if we could carry that with us, we could stay like that kid, you know. But unfortunately, we're humans and we drift from those things. And he's going to grow up and he's going to, you know, he's not always going to be exceedingly astonished at life either. So, you know, that's just that's part of what, you know, why we do these reflections and why we keep each other attuned and alive, you know, to these things in the Lord. And I think if we're intentional about it, I had an experience in Elizabethtown this summer. There was a group of by 400 teenagers that got together in, in E-Town. They, I think they slept in the high school and then they went out every day and served in the community. And I was there one night when they had their kind of their regathering and part of the process intentionally inserted was uh where, where you know, i forget what they called it but where did you see god today a god sighting or i forget what they called it but it was really cool so then every group out of the 400 they were broken up into groups of four or five every group had to give a god sighting 
It was beautiful. Just so intentionally looking out for for God at work. Uh, you know, just giving ourselves those opportunities and to share with each other. So, um, so that's something I'm gonna try to do at, at home with with the family. Yeah, you know, at dinner, just ask that question. You know, when did, when did you see something that that made you laugh, made you smile? Because if you say, when did you see God? You know, for kids, they'd be like, oh, I didn't see God. But you know, what made you laugh today? What made you smile? What what you know made you think? Um, you know, what, what made you say, wow, that's really cool? And then just share that, and then tie it all into, well, that's that's God. That's a gift. Um, yeah, Hannah. And you know, I, I think that all just goes back to the word we were all deliberating on before the show, ephetha, meaning be opened. And Rob, sharing your stories, I think that just goes to show us that we need to be opened in our lives daily to all the experiences we encounter, whether they're good or bad. Um, someone once told me they were having a hard time, um, and they told me, you know, my life's not falling apart. God's putting it into place. Mm. So that's good. We need to be open to all of these experiences, you know, whether they are bad because they're leading to something better. So. Can you say that again? My life? Your life is not falling apart. God's putting it into place. That is awesome. Yeah, I never heard that. I That's never nice. heard that. That is so cool. <laughs> cool. That is really good. And, uh, Tom, you had mentioned um, uh, our hearts being restless. And I recently saw a quote from St. Louis to Mumford about desires. Mm-hmm. And it was just basically like the reordering. I don't know. I can't remember the exact quote, but it was basically about reordering our desires. That once our desires are fully placed in God, then, you know, the lore of, of the world, although we're going to be appreciative of the gifts, that's not where our desire is. Our desire is God and God alone. And it's a beautiful gift. If, if God allows that and he wants that to happen, well, I think we have to pray for it. God, reorder my desires. That my ultimate desire every day is to have my heart rest in your beautiful sacred heart. Yeah. There there have been times and I'm sure everybody has those times in their life when things just everything seems to be going just perfectly well and you know part part of our human condition is knowing that sooner or later things are, are going to fall apart and you know that God's going to put our life into place differently. But I think one of the things that, that I've experienced is a sense over time that when we do open ourselves up to God, that there is kind of a rightness about things. Even when you look at things that aren't right, you can see that, you know, an individual is, is struggling with a disorder. You know, you look at them and you say, well, they're, they're doing the best they can. They just don't know this or they haven't experienced this or, you know, there but for the grace of God go I or there but for the grace of God, God was I, you know, I was in that situation myself. And now, I, you know, I kind of know, you know, and, and those are the situations where I think we can help people, we can be of value. But two, I think that the idea of, of living every day, not just in the presence of the Lord, but also in responding to the Lord with gratitude, because if everything is a gift, then, every, then our response to everything should be thank you should be appreciation it should be gratitude and uh, and over the years i've come to appreciate that that appreciation isn't just thank you i mean we use the word appreciate when we talk about understanding somebody like i really appreciate that that other person or i appreciate your difficulty or i appreciate that philosophy i understand it but also we also use it uh, in financial terms, when we talk about in, increasing the value of an asset, and I think those things all go together because when we appreciate 
and understand something, we can be grateful for it. And when we're grateful for the things around us, I think we raise the value of it because now we put them back where they belong. We put them back in God's hands and we say, thank you, even for the difficulties, even when things feel like they're falling apart, even when, you know, things aren't going the way that I want, even then when my heart is restless, I can be thankful for that because because you, O oh Lord, are moving me closer to you. And when I appreciate that and I understand it, I am moving closer to the Lord. When I think there's something wrong, that God's kind of out of control or left me behind or something, then I, then I don't grow closer to, to God because I've lost that connection with him. So Yeah, and that makes me think of what you're just saying, how God meets us where we're at, wherever we are in life. You know, if we're in some sort of weakness or something, we think, well, I'm afraid to show God this. You know, I'm, a, you know, I'm ashamed of this or whatever it is, some difficulty, some disorder. But he, he's always there to meet us where we're at, just like he met this guy where he was at and took him off by himself. You know, took that man by himself off to the side, away from the crowd. And I think he does that with us as well. Why do you think he did that? So the crowd's there, the people are there that brought him? I think it, make, it almost makes that man feel special or something, you know, that Jesus would take the, the time to, you know, like if you were in a large crowd, if you put yourself in that position, you know, and met, you know, Jesus, and, and then he took you alone off away, you know, to be with you, like how much that would heal whatever hurt was inside, you know, rather than just, you know, with everyone around. I think it was just more special. There's a beautiful story in a book written by Jason Everett about Pope John Paul, St. Pope John Paul the Great, where he was somewhere, I forget what country, and there was 60,000 young people that were in attendance, and they were doing a Q&A, and, and do you remember reading that, Hannah? Mm-hmm. And uh, do you remember what country he was in? I do not. Okay. Um, was that the young man that questioned him on the <clears throat> on the existence of God. Hey, there's some. It was France. Was it France? Yeah, okay. yeah. So then he didn't have a chance to fully engage, and then it, it was over, and he was on the way home thinking, and then he called the Archbishop there and said, "You have to find that, yeah. find that, find that young kid. man that wow. asked that question." And they found him, mm-hmm. and I think the Pope had him flew him to the Vatican. Yeah, the for Vatican. lunch they had lunch. Wow. And they had lunch and had a beautiful time. So uh, if the Pope, not if, the Pope is the vicar of Christ on earth, and that is what Jesus would have done, right? Like he did here, Tom, that you're so beautifully pointing out, that he wants to take us aside. He wants us to have that special time. And, and I think so many times in my life, I do like corporate time. Like I want to you know, have family dinner, which is great. But each kid and my wife, need the, I need that special time one-on-one. Uh, we go to Mass, which is the highest form of prayer, um, but we need that one-on-one time in addition to that with, with our Lord. So, Tom, thanks for, for bringing that out. And when I read this, uh, the, the first time I went through it, I saw that the crowd, you know, the, the people brought a deaf man who has speech impediment, and they begged him to lay hands on him. And the first thing I thought was, you know, the, cr- the crowd came and brought this person to him who they obviously cared about because, they were, you know, they went through this trouble. And then I thought, you know, it, all you have to do is just lay your hands on him and that'll, that'll be fine. And But Jesus didn't do that. He didn't really listen to, to people. He took them off by himself. And, you know, when you think about <clears throat> what the man may have needed for his healing, for him to unblock, you know, whatever the impediment was that he had, that may have been the way that Jesus connected with him and kind of took his, you know, his difficulty on himself. But to, to go off alone by himself 
when a lot of the other miracles do relate Jesus laying hands or somebody touching his cloak or whatever. But there were also times where Jesus was either off by himself or took somebody off. And there are also times where Jesus groaned. You know, there were other times when Jesus groaned in his spirit. And I think some of that has to do with just his whole sense of taking on the difficulty of the other person that in in some ways his whole mission of coming and taking our place, you know, he does that every time he touches somebody. Like if he can touch somebody that way by laying of hands and he takes their place and takes their suffering or their difficulty or their illness or their sickness upon himself, he can do that. In this case, he took the man aside. Maybe there was something about the speech impediment that had to do with, you know, maybe it was a stutter. Maybe it was a nerves. Maybe, you know, who knows? Jesus, but my sense is that Jesus was so in touch with this man and so connected with him that he said, this is how you cure. This is how I cure this thing. I take him aside and I, I just connect with him in a very, you know, personal way. And, you know, who knows what happened to this man after that? You know, he may be. We may meet him, you know, hopefully when we get, to, you know, get to heaven. But uh. there's a beautiful song where at Stewardship we're blessed with a relationship with uh, Marty Rotella, a Catholic singer, songwriter, evangelist. He's been traveling the world for you know, over 35 years, uh, proclaiming the love of Jesus uh, through his music and his teaching. And he has a song uh, called Touch Me, Lord, that is just absolutely beautiful. And... Uh, and if you ever have a chance to listen to it in general, but if you have a chance to listen to it while you're in the presence of our Lord in the Eucharist and you just bring, you know, where are we spiritually deaf? Where are we spiritually mute? Where What's going on in our relationships? What's going on in our lives? You know, what's that, like, as Tom, you said earlier, that you know, what's that persistent sin in our life? What's that defect? Whatever. And we just go and beg, right? You know, we have to get back to begging, I think. We go and beg our Lord to touch our lives in that area. And, and this song is just a beautiful, beautiful prayer. So again, if you have a chance, um, I think you can hear a little clip of it on, on the website, spiritpowermusic.org, and then go into the musical selections and uh, touch me, Lord, touch me, Lord. And it's, it's great how this man uh, trusted the Lord, you know. He didn't, uh, you know, he, however God was going to heal him, it was the way God was going to heal him. So there was an amount of trust there, I think, on his part. And sometimes the miracle is when we don't speak, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, that, yeah. That if, uh, if the Lord touches our tongue <laughs> to, to not speak, because sometimes our words get us in a whole bunch of trouble. Yeah, this, this past week, um, my wife took our oldest daughter and three of her, her best friends, they all have September birthdays, took, took them all out to a concert. And uh, I was home with the other four kids, and everybody had something going on and dinner and sports and you know, riding, driving, doing everything and finally getting them to bed and everybody falls asleep. And, and then my wife gets home uh, and, and our youngest wakes up and she's freaking out and, and my wife, you know, kind of loses it a little bit. And, uh, and, you know, I was about to say, you're out, you know, entertaining, you know, galvanizing, and I'm home with the kids. You know, come on, give, give me a break here. I was about to say that, but the Lord, a miracle, touched my <laughs> tongue, and I was rendered mute, and then went back to bed. The next morning, I called home. I left before everybody was up. Say good morning to everybody, and she gets on. My wife gets on the phone and says, "I'm really sorry. I was, I was grumpy last night. I'm so sorry about that." So here, God's miracle of, of rendering rendering me mute, you know. Allowed, you know, allowed that beautiful encounter to happen because you know we're all gonna, we're all gonna be a little grumpy at times, so we have to give each other, give each other some slack. 
Well, there is there is a biblical precedent for that, you know, because when uh, Zechariah was in the was in the temple offering sacrifice and was told that his wife, who was barren, was going to have a son, you know, John the Baptist. Uh, he didn't believe it, and he was struck mute until John was born. So there is a precedent for that. It, the Lord can do that when he needs to, you know. Oh, now, when have you guys felt uh, the Lord touch your lives uh, to awaken you, to, to kind of, you know, get your senses, spiritually speaking, get your senses just alive? Can you think of a time when you might have been deaf or mute in, a, in, a, in an area of our faith that through God's grace he, he brought to life? I think right now, more than ever, all these issues with Planned Parenthood, it's mm. important to get the message out that abortion is so inhumane and murder, and people don't understand that, and it's all about making money and not about respecting life. So right now, like I said, more than ever, we need to not be mute and speak up and preach that to all of our brothers and sisters who may not understand what they're doing with thank, Planned Parenthood. Thank you, Hannah. And and these little martyrs, these little babies that are just brutally, brutally murdered, um, you know, God will turn good out of that as well. And I think it's it's awakening us, right? You know, that righteous anger that, you know, we need to start flipping some tables when it comes to the attack on life and on family and on purity and modesty. You know, there's a, a billboard that was sold and, and displayed in Times Square, uh, relating to the porn, you know, promoting pornography. They spent $1 million on this ad. $1 million on this ad promoting a pornographic website. I mean, so the evil, the evil one is working nonstop, tirelessly, and, uh, you know, we have to we And think have to of all up. the children they could have fed with $1 million. Yes. Instead, they put up a, a big billboard. And I think, too, the, uh, the you know, the sense that, there, there are people who have a different approach to life and that they, they should be entitled to play that out as opposed to, you know, accepting the fact that we all have disordered, you know, uh, instincts or disordered feelings in our life, but that our, the, our culture says that's okay and you can promote that. I mean, not that that hasn't happened before, but it's just the idea that people aren't open to the fact that there could be some feelings or some thoughts or some, you know, initiatives in their life that could be wrong, could be sinful, could be evil, um, because that just doesn't exist anymore. And when you see things like abortion and pornography, you understand that at deeper levels. So. And as we close, uh, I'll just read the first paragraph of, of a beautiful prayer in our prayer book, Prayer for Life. Eternal Father, you are the author of life. You formed each of us in the womb of our mother for both your delight as well as your purpose. You created us uniquely in your image and likeness to bring your love to the world. Thank you, Father, for the gift of life. God bless all of you. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you 
to make reflections from the heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.